What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, New Vision family, this is Ben Curtis, campus pastor at our Buchanan location. And today we're picking up in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be reading verses 32 through 40 as we conclude this section that many people have called the Hall of Faith. So let me read our passage and then we'll talk through it. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again, There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Well, each time the writer of Hebrews introduces a new character in this chapter, you know the pattern by now. He begins with, by faith. So by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Moses. But here he just lists off a bunch of names, one after another, and there's really not a lot of explanation. So this is kind of the conclusion, the summary uh, to this chapter. So he mentions Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah. All of these guys are from the book of Judges, by the way. And it's interesting that he lists these guys as examples of faith because when you read Judges, they're all a little bit shady. Uh, Gideon was the guy who kept laying out the fleece and asking God for a sign. And to me, that seems more like a lack of faith or at least fear. Samson, uh, we all know the story of Samson. Samson, though, he uh, and his mother had taken a Nazarite vow, dedicated him to the Lord on, on his behalf. She took the Nazarite vow and, and every one of those requirements for his Nazarite vow Well, Samson violated. He managed to violate every single one of them. He uh, drank wine at his wedding feast. He he had contact with the dead. He allowed his hair to be cut. He even married an unbelieving Philistine, and and then he had intimate relationships with at least two other Philistine women. Uh, Jephthah is described in Judges as the son of a prostitute. He's the one who made that foolish vow to sacrifice the first thing that walked out of the door of his house. And I think he assumed it would be an animal, but it was his daughter instead. Well, doesn't it give you a little bit of hope to know that God uses imperfect people to advance his kingdom? And the writer of Hebrews, in spite of all of their flaws, uh, the writer of Hebrews wants us to know that, that all of these overcame by faith. 
And as we read on, the same thing could be said about David and Samuel and the prophets. There were times it looked as though they, were, they weren't going to receive anything. And what did they do? Well, they were able to conquer kingdoms. They were able to escape the sword. They were able to see their loved ones brought back from the dead. In the midst of all this hopelessness, God is able to hear their cries and answer their prayers and deliver them against terrible odds. He says there's so many of them uh, that I can't even give you all the names. And what's remarkable uh, to me about this passage that we're reading is verse 36. He says so many of them were delivered, but there were others who suffered jeers and, and flogging and, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of, of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. They wandered in deserts and mountains and lived in caves and in holes in the ground. That doesn't sound very reassuring, does it? It sounds like someone standing up and saying, hey, I just found out that I've got this particular disease and the doctors are going to try to treat it. And then someone else standing up and saying, oh, yeah, my mom died of that. Well, that's not really a comforting word for me. So why does he turn around and why does he say, I can give you all of these examples of all of these people who by faith overcame worse situations than what you're going through? But I can, I can tell you a, a whole lot about more, more people who were stoned to death, who were sawn into, who went around wandering in sheepskins, who were living in the holes of the earth. And, and he says, there are many of these people who lived in destitute situations, many of these people who were mocked and mistreated and suffered. And he says in verse 38, I love this, he says, the world was not worthy of them. So what is he saying? He's saying that's what faith looks like too. Uh, these momentary hardships were a reality for them too, and, and they exercised faith. Even in these terrible situations, they feared God rather than their circumstances. And they longed for that city that's to come instead of looking for a better set of circumstances for right now. So he says, there are many of these people that I could tell you about, and these are men and women of faith as well. And then he says in verse 39, he said, all of these, in other words, the ones who conquered and the ones, on the other hand, who were stoned, the ones who received back their dead through resurrection and the ones who were sawn in two. He says, all of these, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Now think about that. Some of them conquered kingdoms, some of them received back their dead through resurrection, but they, even those people, they did not receive what was promised. Uh, faith is when we recognize that the answer for, for all of our longings, all of their longings, it was not found in any of those deliverances. And the ones who were destitute, the ones who were afflicted, the ones who were ultimately um, destitute. He says all of these people as being in the exact same situation, all of these people, they did not receive the promise. And in verse 40, he tells you why. Since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So I thought that Carly Simon song, it would apply well here. You're so vain. You probably think the book of Hebrews is about you. Well, God says it is. It is about you. Abraham does not receive what, what's, what was promised to him. Moses does not receive what was promised to him. Why? Because God is thinking about you. He's thinking about us, that God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would all of these heroes of the faith be made perfect. So Abraham was, was laying somewhere on, on goat skin. Remember, he didn't have a Gore-Tex sleeping bag. He's laying out and he's exposed to the elements and he's thinking to himself, man, milk and honey, well, where is it? It seems like 
that story would be so much better. It would be so much glorious if God had just ended it with Abraham sitting in the promised land and all the nations of the world coming and bowing down to Israel. But that's not how that story ended for Abraham. Seems like David should die in a different way than he dies. I mean, we see him at the end of his life. He's weak. He's frail. He's shivering under the blankets. I mean, this is the guy who killed Goliath, and, and here he is shivering, trying to stay warm at the end of his life. It seems that Samson should show up the Philistines one more time, and then he ought to sit down and have this amazing supper in the midst of his enemies. But none of those things happen in, in their stories. Why? Because the story, their story, it's a part of a much longer story, and that story includes us. And if that's true about the big story of the Bible, then it's also true about your story and my story. God's doing things in your life right now that at the moment it may not seem to have much to do with you at all. And, and maybe the things that God is doing in your life right now, think about this, that those things that seem so random, those things that seem so frustrating, maybe those things God is doing have everything to do with future church people or maybe your future grandchildren or, or future, you know, just fill in the blank. God was doing something, though, in these individuals' lives for us. And so he does not give them what they were looking for. He does not give them what they were promised. And then he finally tells us what this has to do with us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Here's the answer. Are you ready? Well, you're going to have to wait until Greg Freeman tells you in tomorrow's podcast. So we hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.